I wanted my staff to still have shifts. I wanted the business to still run. Like me and Aitan, Busa for us is, is a part of our family and a part of our lives. Like it's not, it's not just a business, you know? So we were so, there was no option for us that it, it wasn't going to keep going. It just wasn't in the in the horizon at all. Today on Dirty Linen, we are sticking in my hometown of Melbourne and talking to cafe owner Tammy Brahmi from Busa. Tammy, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, thank you. Tell me about Busa. Yeah, so Busa is um, five years old. Um, started by myself and my husband, Aitam Brahmi. So we run the cafe together. Um, and it's basically a Melbourne-style cafe, but with um, modern Middle Eastern uh, fusion. So we're pretty passionate about bringing the Middle Eastern flavours um, and just that sort of level of customer service that you might get in the Middle East, which I think is a bit different to, to here. So, yeah, it's a little touch. Yeah, well, I mean, I reviewed it a few years ago and, yeah, really loved the food. It was so much flavour, a lot of colour, obviously very anchored in the community. Is it, um, I mean, tell us about the part of Melbourne that Busa is in. Yeah, so we're in the sort of southeastern suburbs in Bentley East. Um, so we, when we opened, I think people thought that we were crazy to open there actually. Um, cause after we opened, I remember a few people coming to us and being like, Oh my God, we didn't think that this would, you know, this would work here. Um, but the locals were just so excited and it was exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to open in an area that there were heaps of families, um, and just, yeah, and young families as well that just wanted great coffee and a great experience and just bring up the area a bit and make it, you know, I think a lot of the time these suburbs, People think that it's like not cool, you know, but with, yeah, there's, there's amazing people that live in the suburbs. So yeah, of course there are. <laughs> and it's, um, I mean, it's a pretty thriving shopping strip as well. You know, it's a kind of place you could walk along and there's a butcher and there's a baker and there's a deli, um, as well as, you know, a lot of the sort of high street chain shops. Um, but I mean, what was it particularly about that town? I mean, that part of town that, that drew you in? You know, we our first cafe, um, we had Einstein's Cafe in Caulfield. So we always believed in the suburbs. We were always kind of like a suburb sort of fan, I guess. Um, and then when we were looking for this next place, we wanted somewhere, because me and Aitam are Jewish background and Middle Eastern background, we did want somewhere that we still had those customers um, because we wanted to do a lot of the, not, not Jewish, but, you know, the sort of Middle Eastern style flavours that people could recognise because I think sometimes it's a bit of a shock if they're not aware of the flavours. It, it's a little bit, it's quite, you know, um, full on. There's a lot of flavour, a lot of colour. It's maybe not what they're used to. So we wanted some of that um, and we just wanted somewhere to be, we didn't really want to be in a place like Chapel Street or CBD where we had heaps of competition around us and we were constantly in that sort of um you know, that the, the price fights and the, I just didn't want that. We wanted to just do our own thing um, and just be in the neighbourhood and kind of just be quiet about it, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, I've chatted to cafe owners where they're, they're just like, well, we could never put our coffee up 10 cents because then everyone will go next door. And you just think, whoa, it's must be, it's such a different a different sort of dynamic, isn't it, where, you, where that sort of, I suppose where you go somewhere where you can stand out and be something a bit fresh and new, but I suppose then it also gives you freedom to really uh, stay in your own lane and create the sort of business and I suppose attract the customers that you feel are really aligned to what you want to achieve. Exactly. And like, because we're so focused on the customer experience, 
like we had our second venture was in South Yarra and we we felt that we learned a lot there because we felt like people just wanted in and out like we were in Yarra Street which was had a lot of um office and corporate sort of style um clients and no one wanted to chat like we would be like how are you today and how's your day and no one just wanted to, to join in on the conversation for us like you know it's it's just what we love about the hospitality so it was kind of yeah, a really big learning curve for us. And that made us realize that we definitely like the suburbs, just who we are. Um, and people come in and it's like, you know, especially now with lockdowns, you know, it's, they see us more than they see any of their family or friends or so the check-in and just the, the getting to know each other is just so important for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, Obviously, we're going to need to talk about the pandemic. I, I guess, uh, how fortunate have you felt to be a neighbourhood business during this period? Oh, my God. I, you know, it's just weird because so many of the hospitality businesses that we've looked up to us like that are so struggling at the moment. It's, it's like it's just really bizarre and surreal for us and we feel so lucky to be in the suburbs. And we've met – it's amazing because we've also met a lot of customers that we've never been able to see during the week because everyone's working from home um and they're like we just live in the next street you know so it's it's um yeah so fortunate and it's just never going to be the same it's we, we know our customers so well now like we we thought we knew them well before and now it's just like this extra level like we know where they live we were doing del- you know we're doing deliveries and um we know their life stories and like, sometimes great sometimes also very sad um so it's it's just, yeah, it's like really gone up a notch. And I think, look, there's a lot of negative and it's been really, really hard, but also that, that level of community and, and um, it's been amazing. And it's going to, I think it's here to stay as well. Yeah. So interesting. And I also, I mean, it's very rich, but has it felt like a burden as well? Oh my gosh, you couldn't have said it any, any, any more. I, I'm like a, a total empath in my, in my personality. Like I just, I feel everyone else's feelings. And if it was up to me, I mean, I'm really lucky that I'm in business with my husband that, that has to remind me that we're running a business and it's not just, you know, the local charity because I, like every customer that comes with their stories, it's just, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to make them happy. And I think in some ways, like often it, it is a responsibility when people come to the cafe pre lockdowns and COVID, like our responsibility is for them to leave smiling and to bring some sort of joyful experience for them. So I feel the same in the lockdown. I feel really no different, um, but it's just, yeah, a hundred times more. And unfortunately, I feel like the people that are going through anything that's more than just the COVID lockdown, it's just, I feel so bad for them um, because it's so hard. And yeah, it's just a really helpless, it feels like a helpless situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm very, I would be very good at that. I, I don't know. I feel like I would feel it too much and I just don't know how I would, um, yeah, moderate it. So, I mean, it is great that you've got Aitan who can, I suppose, bring that perspective. Like just today, so I'm talking to you on Friday and I've been doing this event called Friday Pie Day where I'm delivering pies from independent bakers all around Melbourne to go with the footy finals. And uh, it's been going really well and the bakers are loving it and I'm just so thrilled to be able to, you know, put some money into those small businesses. But the, the customer service side of it, I just feel everything so deeply. Like this, I got an email before and, you know, everything's going pretty smoothly. Touchwood, hope I didn't just jinx it. But one lady's bag of pies was wet, like the van, you know, some of the condensation somehow dripped down onto the, was on the 
base of the van and her and her pies got wet and I'm just sitting here like of course we refunded her immediately but I'm just like almost in tears like when you're just trying to make create something that's about joy and a good experience and then to not be able to deliver it I mean it's just I just I'm like oh my god I don't think I've cut out for this I mean and you know what the other thing that I'm so grateful for is that I do work with my husband I know like it's very difficult but like it's it's really great to be able to share these experiences as well because it is so personal and when you know your customers as well like you've got that extra level you know them on a a, such a, 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 a you just know them so well that it's yeah you I, well, I'm exactly the same as you it's straight refund um we 99% of the time we'll go and re-deliver if we can um it's just yeah there's there's no way that I'm gonna leave that on my conscience <laughs> that someone's not happy um but it's 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 just really hard I remember in the in the first lockdown when everything was so new we had a customer that had ordered um some catering for her kids um birthday party and literally, I think it was three days before it got cancelled because of the lockdown. And we actually sent her, the kid, like a whole birthday box on her birthday because I just felt so bad for her that her party <laughs> had been cancelled. I'm like, can you just send me your address and we'll send you, you know, an amazing box just to make her a little bit happy. And, you know, I mean, you can't make up for a, a kid's birthday party being cancelled. But, yeah, it's you just feel it so deeply. And it's it's what I love about the industry and what I also find really hard because, you can't just go home and shut the door and that's it, you know. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, especially as you're becoming more and more connected to these people, it's like you really, yeah, yeah. you would be wondering like, oh, how was the birthday and was it, you know, was it okay? I hope everything was okay and I hope they loved it. And, oh, and yeah. we follow up. We send messages, you know. <laughs> every time he makes something new, like he always, every time he says to me, can you just ask them how it was, make sure that they liked it, they enjoyed it. Like we're really like it's next level how sort of, I don't know if it's like anxiety or but it's, yeah, we really care a lot. And um, I think our customers appreciate that and they see that but yeah it's it's um I mean there's no such thing as balance right it's not (laughs) this industry isn't a a well-balanced sort of nine to five and you go home and you have your weekends it just doesn't that's not yeah how it works Mm. I mean I suppose the flip side of that is that I've seen some really quite thoughtful stories coming out of the US recently around the customer experience and this idea that, you know, hospitals always been taught to treat the customer like they're always right, but sometimes they're simply not right. Sometimes they're pretty wrong. Um, and and the, uh, some people are trying to use this uh pandemic opportunity to reset and to sort of reframe things and say, no, we do need to draw some lines, you know, for the business to work for us, whether it's financially or from a, you know, mental health perspective. I mean, have you also used this period to yet yeah, reframe your business in any way? Uh, so our business has, has changed a lot. Um, we've created a whole um, fridge of products. So it's actually, it's funny because I was actually speaking to Ethan about this the other day because a lot of the decisions that we made during um, this past two years, not many of them have been short term. Like I've seen a lot of businesses that have pivoted and done unbelievable things and really like well done. Um, but for me, I think because we are a small business, we can't really afford to do things short term. So what we've done is done things that we've always actually wanted to do. So, for example, our hummus and our labanet and our tahini, we've actually created, um, we make jars and we have products that people can take home now. Um, So we have a fridge full of our own products and we've done things that are COVID friendly, I guess, and and work in the lockdown for us, but also a a long term and actually going to help our business, hopefully, and our vision. Um, Because it's been hard in a a time where you're just trying to survive. It's hard to just 
stick to your vision and, and remember who you are because what you're trying to do, you don't have time to do all these things. You just want to survive. You're just living the day to day to make sure you're getting through and that customers are coming and, you know, you can keep your staff employed. And so um, we've done that. And we've also introduced a huge counter fridge and we have um, Shabbat dinners, which we've also always wanted to do, but it's actually been really challenging because it's, it's a catering business. It's different to what we, we've built Bursa for. Like Bursa is a cafe where people come and sit down. So we don't have a huge catering kitchen with a massive prep bench. And, you know, so it's, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's a lot harder than it looks, um, to be honest. And it's been fun and it's been challenging. We've learned a lot. Um, but I'm just now, like after two years, we're just trying to look again and just say, okay, where, where, where do we want our business to be going and what's the message that we're trying to get across? Um, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. What about with in terms of staffing? Like I remember talking to you a while ago and you'd, you'd sort of changed your operating hours when you'd reopened. Um, I mean, t- t- can you talk about things like that? Yeah. So we, we've, we've actually found it really hard, um, really challenging with the kitchen. Like we've, we've been able to impl- like keep our kitchen employed. Unfortunately, we actually lost a chef a couple of weeks ago because basically he said to us like that he can get the disaster payment and he'd prefer to be at home (laughs) because the job's a stressful job. And I was really, I mean, you know, talking about taking things personally, I was really upset by that. And it's funny because I I was actually quite upset for the team. Like I said to Aitam, you know what, forget, forget me and you, but like, what about the rest of the kitchen? What, like, of course, everyone can just go home and say they can get the disaster payment. But, you know, on one hand, I was I was disappointed. On the other hand, it was like, okay, well, I want people to have ambition and I want people to be excited to come to work. And it's hard. It's hard when you're trying to do so many things. Like it's it's hard to be focused all the time on the staff, you know. So um, that was really disappointing, but it's good. It's made us just, you know, stop and look at what we're doing. And I think I talked to you like we have an incentive for our staff, um, like a cash incentive basically to um, – if they refer a staff member and they stay for longer than six months, then they get like a cash incentive. Um, but you know what? The more I speak to people in the industry and our friends that are chefs and, and cafe owners, I mean, it's it's literally the same everywhere. Like I've never seen a situation where every single place is going through the exact same things. So, yeah, I guess that makes us feel like we're not alone, but um, it's really, really challenging. And it's a worry for us when we reopen as well because – as I said, customer service is such an important part of our business model. So if we reopen and we're busy, which hopefully we will be, and a lot of the time that's what we found with the lockdowns, that when they end, like people are dying to get out. So, um, you know, I want to be ready when we open and make sure that everything's running as smoothly as possible. So it's going to be hard if there's a lot of staffing challenging, like challenges with that as well. Uh, It really is going to be hard and I just just can't see a way that, it's not going to be extremely challenging for just about every single business, especially when you add something to it, like making sure that everybody's vaccinated. It's just going to be like, how is it going to be smooth? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, we actually applied to sponsor a chef recently and it got rejected and they said to us that the position, the response that we got was that the position isn't genuine. (laughs) And I just laughed because I was like, I'm not sure how, this position isn't like, I'm not sure what I could have done to prove that this position was genuine. I mean, the whole industry is in crisis and, and, you know, in dire need of, of staff. So I was a bit disappointed by that, but um, I actually was speaking to Atom about this because in Israel, uh, when they had big security issues, which of course they do all the time, but I think many years ago, um, 
I believe it was mandated to have a security guard at the front of every cafe and they actually added a 10% service charge to bills for, uh, sorry, a security charge to bills. So I thought that was a really interesting response and I think I'm not sure how much more restaurants and cafes are going to have to do, like how it's going to work because if we have to add an extra staff member for these things, um, yeah, it's going to make it really tough. And on the other end, of course, I want to be because I want to be keeping our customers safe. So doing the right thing and, you know, it's it's high on the priority list, um, but it's also an extra thing. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I would pay. That's a, it's it's really I haven't even thought of that before, but I would pay a COVID surcharge um, on a bill because I mean, I don't know if it's just because I know of all the enormous burden of compliance, but I guess, you know, hospitality is has been enlisted to, um, you know, work alongside, I guess, other industries in terms of, yeah, keeping the community safe and making sure that people are gathering in a safe manner. But, I mean, there's a cost that comes with that. Yeah, and I think, like, I really think that education is key here. Like, I think sometimes people see a – I mean, and I'm not sure if the surcharge is, is the answer, but I think, like, people often see – I remember when we first started the public holiday surcharge and people were like – oh my God, like that's ridiculous. Like I'm paying, you know, $6 for coffee. But when you start to just open the discussion a little bit and like, hey, you know, we, we actually pay our staff, you know, award rates and they get extra pay on public holidays. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be an anti thing. We don't have to be against each other. We can actually just open the discussion and talk about it and say, look, this is actually really hard in our business. And, you know, we've got a lot of extra things to do. And, and this, you know, if, if you love us, this is how it's going to, you know, we're, we're going to stick around. And I think that's what I loved about, well, not loved, but, you know, I, I appreciated with the first lockdowns was that businesses, like if you loved your local business, that's who you were going to support because you wanted to see them at the end of the lockdown. So I think it's just an education and, and you know, opening opening the conversation and, and having a talk and really, yeah, our responsibility to, to make sure that customers and, and just the general public understand. It's, and it's, I don't think it is just hospitality. Like we were speaking to our um, hairdressing salon a few doors down and they were telling us that they, because they're also going to have, they're going to be allowed five um, customers, but they have to be fully vaxxed as well. So it's, you know, it's not just on us. It's it's the whole society and just looking after each other. Yeah, I guess, you know, so long as the onus isn't on each individual business to come up with their own rules, it'll make it a lot easier and hopefully people will just get used to it. It's just, I suppose, you know, when you're in such a pressured staffing situation and you and you think that the answer is having these conversations, obviously these conversations do take time and they take, you know, emotional energy and I just hope for everybody in hospitality that, you know, they meet with very kind customers who, you know, are able to uh, listen and, yeah, just take take on board that businesses are just doing what they need to do. Absolutely. And I think, like, it was something that we definitely noticed when we reopened after the lockdowns was, like, people's tolerance, people were so kind and, like, they were just so appreciative to be there and to be sitting in a restaurant and, like, we really did notice that. So, I mean, hopefully that continues. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the other things that you're looking forward to about, you know, reopening and about changes you want to make in your business? Yeah, so we are actually um, working on a small new project now where um, it's called Baba by Busa um, and it's a few doors down from Busa and it's an intimate event space. So people, <laughs> people think that we're crazy but actually – it's all been from customer feedback because after the first, oh, sorry, after that really long lockdown, I can't even remember which lockdown is which now, but the one that we had a, a long one last year, 
um, we had a lot of inquiries from people that wanted to do small events because the large scale events just obviously were going to take a long time to get back up and running. Um, but people had missed celebrations, you know, their birthdays, their um, kids' birthday parties. So, yeah, we're really excited about kind of adding another arm to our business because we don't take bookings at Wusa. So um, it's not really somewhere that we would be able to host parties and birthdays and celebrations and things like that so um yeah so we're opening that space um which is just the construction's just been halted because now the construction <laughs> um, industry has stopped but um yeah hopefully in a month or so that space will be ready um and it's really just adding on to what we're trying to do is just work with our current customers and add on to their experience um with Busa. so being able to celebrate and that's so good because everybody's got about you know a dozen celebrations that they've missed <laughs> <laughs> they need to they need to make up for people that miss their fortieth or like you know forty plus two or yeah and it's it's I mean especially the young you know eighteen but like I was thinking about it like when I turned eighteen like I was just so excited like I wanted to go to a nightclub I wanted to go traveling you know so people have missed out and absolutely they they deserve to be able to celebrate and enjoy so we're very excited to make that happen. Well, my daughter turned 18 last month and it was just, yeah. you know, just the four of us at home. We made it as nice as we could, but it just wasn't ideal. Yeah, there's only so much occasion that you can create with four people, especially when, you know, we aren't the people that she actually wants to celebrate with. 100%. Oh, my God. Well, my daughter turned four as well. Um couple of weeks ago and I mean maybe her age it's a bit different but it was the second lockdown and I think it was also about us like I was upset for her like she wanted a, a birthday party and like <laughs> she wanted to invite all her friends and so it's yeah it's I guess just planning now and I, like people want something to look forward to you know people want to look forward to, to booking a, a a birthday party or a celebration so yeah Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of milestones we need to make up for, but do you, I mean, how do you feel about running all the restrictions or, you know, the changing landscape that it's sure to be for those kinds of events? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really positive person in, in general. And I just feel like it is what it is and we've got to deal with that. And like, the other option is not celebrating to me. Do you know what I mean? So I think we just have to make it work and, it's just about how we, our outlook and how we do it. And I think the reason why we're opening this space is also because we wanted to make it, we knew that there's going to be a lot of um, restrictions with numbers and stuff. So for us, it was just doing, yeah, small events, um, 20, 30, 40 people. And hopefully that we can do that. Um, and just dealing with it as it comes, because as, as the past two years have shown us that we really can't plan much. <laughs> um, and it's much more stressful when you do try to plan and then it just, you know, everything just changes. So um, we're just trying to just really, as it comes, just adapt and, and stay cool and as much as we can. Yeah. Well, yeah. What else can you do? Just deal with the day that's in front of you uh, because, yeah, things can change quickly. Um I mean, let's go back a little bit, Tammy. Tell us about uh, how you got into hospitality. What was it that drew you to this industry? Yeah, so, well, I had my first job was at Hungry Jack's. <laughs> so was mine. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, I was, like, literally the day I could get a job, like, 14 and nine months, I had, like, <laughs> applied. I was so excited to get a job. Like, I was just, yeah, I really wanted to know how everything worked. And um, I was in customer service and, that, you know, a lot of people talk about um, McDonald's and Hungry Jack's, like that they have amazing customer service training. And it's true. Like I, I learned so much about customer service. Um, 
And then after that, I moved to Delaware North, who do all the stadium, sort of like the medallion club and um, in the big stadium. So I worked at, um, it was Etihad Stadium at the time. I don't know what, if it's still called that. Um, and that was amazing because I was dealing with a lot of the VIP and like, you know, the, the premium service. So again, I was learning a lot about customer service. And then basically when I turned 18, um, a couple of months later, I met Atam, who was, became my future husband. And he's like obsessed with food, everything. Like for him, food is just, that's literally his only hobby in life. Um, so it sort of just happened naturally. Like I, we moved to Israel for a year and I, I worked in a cafe there um, where I got amazing experience and I learned so much about Middle Eastern and Israeli food. And we yeah traveled a lot of Israel and ate a lot of amazing food. And I, I went to um, Petra in Jordan and Turkey and just, yeah, I'm so lucky to have done all of that. And then when we came back to Australia, I'd I was accepted to a course of um, Bachelor of Business Entrepreneurship, so I really wanted to study and have some a degree under my belt. Um, and then ATAM, basically, it just sort of fell into place and ATAM opened um, Einstein's with a business partner. But, like, from the first day that he opened, I was I was just managing the, rest, the restaurant. <laughs> so it wasn't actually planned, but it just kind of happened. And then I realised, like, this is exactly where I want to be and I, I don't want to be in a corporate, um, you know, suit nine to five. I love this. I can color my hair. I can, you know, express myself how I want to. I can put out you know, the music that we love. We can create things that we love and sell it to people. So it was just kind of like this huge epiphany of like, this is just amazing. Um, and that's what happened. And then we, we moved to Einstein's relative, which is like a little takeaway um, joint in South Yarra. And then after that, we just, we sold both those cafes and then we decided to open on our own without our business partner. And we moved on. And that that was basically it. Now we've been five years at Busa. So it's just, it's, I don't know, it sort of feels like it just fell into place, but I think it was probably always meant to happen um, like that. Was there anything, well, I'm sure there's lots of things, but what, is, what are some things you can point to from that academic at work that have helped you with the business? Look, I always have loved business. Like business, I did um, my best um, score in VCA was business management. So it's not really a surprise. Um, so I guess I've just always been excited by it. And I love, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't love a routine, you know, I love to be able to change things up and do different things. And I get super excited by things. I remember when we opened Einstein, someone said to me, like, I just, I wish I could get as excited as you, because, <laughs> like, you know, if I just, I find a dish that, you know, if me and Aitam work on a dish together, which is like we, all the menus and stuff we, we often do together. And, you know, if we have a flavor combination that works, it's just that's made my day, you know, it's just so exciting. And then if we have a customer that comes and, and tries that dish and they love it, like then it's just, yeah, it's like a huge explosion for us. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, you know, we really get excited by it and it's just, it never ends, you know, and that's, that's the rewarding part about hospitality and also about dining is that people come and they sit and they enjoy and you get real-time feedback and I think that's also what's been hard with the lockdown is everything's takeaway and you just have like, you know, you sort of give something to someone and that's it and you never see them again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the, the creativity and, and the results, seeing, you know, people coming through the door, seeing people return, you know, like I always say to my customers, like if you tell me you enjoy something but then you come back and have it again, like that's when I know you really did, you know, love it. So, and then just getting to know our customers and looking after them and having that responsibility of, you know, some people going through such hard times and just that the, the hour that they come to our cafes is what makes their day. You know, they come and they sit down and they have a coffee and the waiter asks them how they are and, you know, just checks in and 
gives them a beautiful dish. So I think those things, the small things, but they're big things, I guess, um, is just what truly makes us excited and happy. Nourished. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure nourishes those in your orbit. Is it, I mean, do you have, I'm just wondering, how do you communicate this to your staff? You know, you've obviously got so much passion and such vision for what you want to achieve, what you want to give to the people that you look after. Do you have like a set of values that you try to transmit? Is it organic? Is there a list written down? Like how do you make sure that everybody on the team is, is sort of with you in this project? Yeah, it's um, it's been a huge process and it's been something that we've really worked hard on because I think at the beginning when we first started businesses, it was very hard for us to understand. Like I think we thought that that was just the normal thing. And then when we yeah kept going, we realised that, no, 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 this is like special to us and this is what makes us unique. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. We have an induction for our staff that um, – we, we talk, it talks about like the Busa rules and it's like it talks about things like asking customers how their dish was and like it's funny because we get customers coming and saying like wow no one's asked me that before <laughs> like you know no one's, but like for me if my waiter doesn't ask a customer how their dish was I get upset you know um, and mostly because as well if they don't enjoy something that we have the opportunity to fix that before they leave um, you know we, we do as much as we can to make them leave smiling kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and it's, and it's funny because now the staff that we have that have been with us for a couple of years, like they, they'll actually come to me and say, Tam, like we'll do a trial for someone. And I said, look, you know, she's really experienced in hospitality, but she's not Bussa. <laughs> and like, we can't, I can't actually explain Like it's not a tangible thing. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, it's kind of just, it's just started to become part of our culture, but it's, it's the extra bits. It's, you know, remembering customers' names. It's, you know, when, when we, we have customers that have been, you know, with us since day one. So I often get text messages from them now saying to me, oh, my God, I love that staff member. She's beautiful or, you know. So it's just it's become it's become part of us now, but it, it took a long time to get there. And a lot of it was just that induction phase of bringing people in and saying, like I always say to people when I bring them for a trial, like, you know, when you come, it's about me telling you, yeah, it suits us and that's great. But it's also about you saying to me, I love this place too, you know? So it's, it, it's, it has to work both sides. Mm, yeah. It's it, just in this context, I can't imagine how that chef has had that feeling that he wanted to sit at home on the disaster <laughs> payment. But it doesn't work for everyone. Like some, some people want to come to work and, and go home and that's it, you know? Like it's not, it's, we're not for everyone and that's totally fine. And like that's, that's, I, I've become, I've learned to become okay with that because I, I love people that come to the kitchen. Like it's funny, our chef um, yesterday said to Aitam, you know, what, what do you reckon about if we, you know, bake our own breads in house? And Aitam said to him, oh, God, like, you know, that'd be amazing, but that's really a lot of work, you know, because we have like the cafe and, you know, we do so many things. Things. We make uh, a lot of our own cakes and sandwiches and sell it, like, you know, in our a la carte. And we do so much that it's hard to bring on a whole other element. And I said to him, Aitam, you shouldn't have said that to him. Like, you should have said, you know what, let's just give it a go. Because that was him wanting to be creative and bring something amazing to the business, you know. So that is what makes me really excited. But it's so hard to find that. And at the end of the day, like, it's not exciting all the time, you know. You, you have to open the kitchen and, and prep and you have to clean the kitchen, you have to close the kitchen. Sometimes you get lots of dockets at once and it's super stressful. And like, so, you know, we, I can't make it out that it's all just sunny because it's not like the industry is really, really hard. And if you're short staffed, that just makes it five times worse because, you know, you're working longer hours and more days. And so it's really, really tough. Mm. 
And you guys have just had another baby. Like, how are you managing that in amongst everything else? Yeah. Um, well, it's been, I mean, first of all, going back to like the Busa sort of um, team, like I've been so lucky to have just this unbelievable team of people that have just really like helped me a lot. Um, but essentially like she comes with me everywhere. <laughs> Whatever I do, she's with me. Um, but I'm lucky, like I get to do a lot of uh, a lot of work now from home, like with the website and the online. And especially because of the lockdown, I'm working a lot more, but a lot of it is online because most of the people are ordering online now and just p- trying to pick up and go sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, like we, we've had to do a lot of stuff in-house too because of the lockdown. Like we couldn't do a photo. We were trying to get photos done for Father's Day and Rosh Hashanah and all our gift boxes. And, you know, we kept postponing it because the photographer wasn't allowed. And eventually we just said, okay, we're just going to have to do it ourselves. So, you know, so she, she just came with me and we did it and that was it. Like I don't have a choice. Um, and because I'm breastfeeding as well at the moment, cause she's, she's only six months old. So, um, she's literally just with me all the time. And, but again, like my team, like, uh, you know, I get messages from, I have a girl that's worked with me for four years now. Um, Irina, bless her. And if you're a Busa customer, you would 100% know her. And she, you know, she just sent me a message. Hi, Tammy, is there anything I can do that's going to make your life easier? You know, and for me, like, that's just the job's done. Like, I'm so happy to receive a message like that. I'm so appreciative, you know. So, um, yeah, that's so beautiful. It's not easy, but I'd like, there's just no choice really. Yeah. Um, wow, Tammy, it's, I mean, I can hear the passion and the conviction in your voice, you know, like this is coming through this and it's going to be great. How do you, like, is that innate or is there some, have you got some strategies? Like what could you tell to people who are feeling a little bit ground down by everything? Yeah, I think, look, this is an unusual circumstance. That's the first thing that I would say is like, if you're feeling ground down, like it, there's a reason why, like this, it's, this is an awful thing and this isn't a normal situation to be in. And I think that like, it's just about stopping and realizing that like everyone's in the same boat and some people are having it much harder than, than others. Absolutely. But we have to just sit down and, and look at some of the positives. And like, I actually did a, a self-care course with um, Sue Glasser last year who gave me a lot of tips actually. And it's funny, I feel like it sort of prepared me for this in a way um, about just, yeah, just, just stopping and, and not being hard on ourselves and realizing this is what it is. And we're just going to deal with it day by day and, and use the support, you know, speak to your family, speak to your friends. And because there's lots of people and, and um, businesses around us that are actually there to help us if we want to accept it, you know? So sometimes I need it more. Sometimes my, my friend who has a business needs it more um, and just, I don't know, just staying positive. I think, I think I've always kind of had that in me, but yeah, this has just been, I was so determined, you know, when we, when the first lockdown hit, I couldn't, I was just so shocked by it all, but I was so determined to not let this, I, w- I wanted my staff to still have shifts. I wanted the business to still run. Like me and Eitan Busa for us is, is a part of our family and a part of our lives. Like it's not, it's not just a business, you know? So we were so, there was no option for us that it, w- it wasn't going to keep going. It just wasn't in the, in the horizon at all. So yeah, I don't know. Just mm. pushing. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you want to say, Tammy? Have we talked about everything we need to talk about? I think like the one thing that I was just so shocked about when everything happened was like these, I call them Corona angels. And it was just people that reached out. We had a few businesses specifically that reached out to us and helped us in huge ways. Like there was a business KG Electronics that um, are so fortunate to be really busy in this this time. And they they catered, they got catering from us 
uh, every day in that long lockdown and like literally five days, like Monday to Friday every day. Um, and it was just, you know what, it was amazing because it kept our business going and our, our staff employed, but just that act was what just completely shocked me. And it wasn't, they were customers of ours, like they might, they're in Moorabbin, so they're not far. Um, and they might've come maybe once a week or, but they were nowhere, they weren't, you know, good friends or someone that we knew well on a phone, you know, telephone basis or, um, but it's businesses like that, that just understood that they could help. And, and the act was just for me, like amazing. And I feel like those are the sorts of businesses and people that just were never going to forget. And they've just stood up in a time that's really hard for so many people. So yeah, I'm just so grateful for that. Mm, I think, yeah, it's, I've got a story um, in the paper on the weekend about a, a cookie company that was doing that they switched their business from airlines and hotels to retail and they recently did an initiative where they gave cookies away. They got customers to nominate cafes that they thought were awesome and then they chose 25 cafes to give these massive um, packs of cookies to. And then so many of the, yeah, so beautiful, but then what they noticed was that so many of the cafes that were the recipients then paid it forward. You know, one sold the cookies, gave the money to the Royal Children's Hospital. One gave the cookies to their staff. Others put them as gifts in the takeaway boxes. It was just like these ripples of kindness are just so powerful. And there's, there's no one, like there's not one cafe that you'd speak to that wouldn't know of these sorts of stories. Like we had the same thing. Like we had a customer that bought a Shabbat dinner. She put up on her Instagram, like, I'm going to pay it forward. Like if, do you know what, if you can answer to me what Busa means, the first person's going to get a Shabbat dinner. And literally like a Shabbat dinner costs $115. Like it's not, you know, it's not a small amount of money. And um, the person that won the next week continued it and did it again. And he said, okay, I'm so excited. I'm going to pay this for And I was just, yeah, it's just amazing. And you, you don't see these things in normal, you know, situations. So it's very special. Well, I think it's so important to talk about those things, especially when we've seen a lot of uh, not so um, delightful behaviour around the streets of Melbourne recently. Um, and I think, it, you know, we really need to remember that most people are just bloody awesome and just being kind and adding to the store of goodness in the world. Uh, yeah, so thanks for thanks for making sure that we talk about that, Tammy. Really important. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I really, yeah, I, just, I love your energy. I love what you're doing there for, um, at Busa for your, for your family and for your family of staff and for the community around you. Um, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story today on Dirty Linen. Thank you for having me. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.